the Clixie podcast with Tim Flagg. Insight, opinion and advice from the leading practitioners in digital marketing and e-commerce. Our role is to produce content that our audience wants to read. Our audience is clearly telling us they want to consume on mobile devices, they want to consume on platforms, and therefore it's for us to work with these platforms to ensure that we can do that in a way that's sustainable for both. This is the ClickZ Digital Marketing Podcast, and I'm joined by Zach Sullivan, the Head of Delivery at Future Publishing, to get a publisher's perspective on the future of online advertising. We're going to discuss some of the major challenges that online publishers are facing today, such as the impact of programmatic, native advertising, content marketing, and ad blockers. So I'm delighted to be joined today by Zach Sullivan from Future Publishing. Zach has a wealth of experience and insight into the whole world of online publishing and advertising, and I'm really excited to be able to hear more about that from Zach. So just a little bit more about Zach. Zach Sullivan has worked in operations for several years, mainly within the fast-paced and constantly changing world of media, one of the most disrupted industries in recent times, from competitive growth and changes to consumer and consumption behaviours. His focus has been on change management and leading the transition of businesses from print to digital. Currently the head of digital at Future Publishing, Zach is responsible for the commercial operations, including programmatic, content marketing, licensing and ad operations. And he is a current board member of the Association of Online Publishers, the AOP. So I'm really looking forward to tapping into some of Zach's insights and perspectives on on an industry which is going through a lot of change and and has already gone through uh, a lot of change in in the last few years. Welcome to the ClickZ Digital Marketing Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Hi, Tim. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. So, Zach, tell us um, a little bit about who you are, how you got into the role that you're doing now, um, and, and what really attracted you to this area of uh, online publishing and ad operations specifically. Sure. So, um, I'm from Edinburgh originally, and uh, I moved to London a couple of years ago. I started out at AutoTrader um, down here, uh, based, based in Reading actually at the time, and um, I started off there as a graduate. It's really a fantastic company to work for. Um, at the time, it was split between print and digital, and was kind of going through that that digital transformation. Um, and they've been they've done a fantastic job as an organisation at, at the transition. So I started out in their print division, and uh, my first role over there was as a project manager to actually close it down. Yeah, so that is a surreal experience to be kind of fresh out of university and. Uh, it was quite a challenge to be faced with, but it was a fantastic opportunity to get a real understanding of how that business worked. So when people talk about the death of print, um, you've actually witnessed it firsthand. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, judge, jury and ultimately executioner on it. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a great business to be part of. And it was really uh, kind of privileged to be working on it. It had been such an institution. I think everyone has seen a paper copy of Auto Trader magazine. Absolutely. Uh, and it kind of it's something I still feel slightly guilty about not seeing it on the newsstand anymore. So I started there, and, and the challenge was to to uh, kind of wind down the print division. And as that project went on, we increasingly got into transitioning the audience and the advertisers onto digital. I was lucky, really lucky at that point, that AutoTrader had such an amazing online presence, and I was able to to work on doing that digital transform that digital transition of their audience. 
so I, I worked on that for a couple of months. Um, it kind of went really successfully. Uh, it was such a good uh, proposition for advertisers, and I, I learned a great deal going through the process. From there, I bounced around a couple of different roles in AutoTrader, kind of doing different uh, different things, working in product a lot and trade, and a little bit in consumer. Uh, fairly standard kind of grad program, I think, from that point onwards, uh, which was a bit of a, re- a relief having done the big project right right from the start. And I found myself eventually in their digital advertising team. And it was a team that was going through some transformation in itself. It had always been secondary to their search business and it was looking to grow. So we got to go through their product offering, the processes. And that's where I really kind of tapped into what I was passionate about in this space, working in process management, making sure the business was running effectively as possible and managing the overlap between different teams. It's an area of the business that's so reliant on a whole organization getting behind and working in tandem. So that was, um, that's where I really got into digital advertising. Wow. So really you have seen almost all aspects of a digital publisher right from the, the sort of the, the death of the print version and then taking those audiences and the brand and all the different elements of the of the print magazine and then re um, creating them online could you just give us a bit of a sort of time frame how long ago was that um, that you 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 started up uh, what well, you closed down and started up the uh, the online version uh, so I started out um, about six years ago now uh, working over over there um, and that took about a year all in to do that that migration it, it was accelerated in the sense that the, the digital offering was already quite developed at that point mm-hmm. um, so then it was just migrating over the the remaining customers onto the online proposition um, I was there for just over two years and then more recently I've been at future publishing which is where I am currently which is just a fantastic company with an amazing history uh, it kind of started in the 80s which unbelievably is often constitutes old in the media industry, yeah. which I find it's, just incredible. It, it is incredible, isn't it? But you look back at the 80s and sort of uh, what people were wearing on mobile phones in particular, and it does feel like another century ago. Yeah, I really I really feel like I missed out not having the enormously large brick mobile phone, uh, <laughs> and particularly because we run uh, tech radar and some of the kind of new tech we see in the office. It makes me laugh to think back to the days when this company was founded and the equipment they must have been using back then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Future was a, a company going through a lot of uh, a lot of change at that point. It still has a massive print portfolio, and it's so core still to what the business does, um, and a huge part of the business's character. And it's retained that, and at the same time, it's had to uh, rationalise that print portfolio and make sure it it works well for the audience that that still buys on newsstand and our subscribers, whilst it's been developing its digital offering and new revenue streams at the same time. So I came in to do some change management, uh, particularly around the advertising sales team, which was, again, really insightful for me and a fantastic opportunity to work in a company where print was still so valuable, see that side of it and how to develop develop that area of the business. I then moved into the print division um, and I worked as their kind of the retail newsstands sales manager uh, looking after our relationships with uh, Tesco's and Sainsbury's and W.H. Smith's and all those partners. And it's uh, a really, really interesting industry. It's been very established for a long time. The people that work in that space really know what they're doing. And now it's about making sure it still, it still offers value 
to the retailers whilst ensuring we have a good enough distribution to reach our audience. I was over there for uh, for a year, and more recently I've moved back into the digital media side of future, into my current role as the head of delivery. And in delivery, I'm, I'm looking after programmatic, content marketing, contract publishing, I've got ad operations and licensing. It's quite a wide portfolio. I suppose it sounds like it. Yeah. I suppose the easiest way to explain is uh, once it's been sold direct, it becomes my problem or my team's problem. Uh, and if it doesn't get sold direct, then we look to monetize it through the programmatic stack or through one of our third parties. Okay. Well, that's, that's a great way to, um, to break it down. I want to come back to that um, a bit later on. One of the things, as you were just explaining your career there and some really interesting roles you've had, is that I think you'll have a really interesting perspective on print versus online. We talked first of all about your experience with Auto Trader, but then you were talking at Future about how you've really engaged with a lot of the um, the retailers who are selling your your print titles. And I know at Future you've got a, a quite a variety of publications, from ones which lend themselves much more to online to others which are you know more print based how do you see the the sort of future of those those print titles do you think print titles we have now are going to last because that's just how that audience wants to consume it yeah i think so most of our print brands are mainly print brands so we have a total film and t3 are the two that have got a digital overlap um being entertainment and men's lifestyle and and they've met a, they're in a good place where the print numbers are quite stable um, and the consumers that are buying them are, are, are loyal and, and repeat purchasers and they really bought in heavily to the brands. The online titles there are more SEO driven and people find us through search and therefore it's much more based, it's based on search patterns and audience trends. We don't have the same degree of customer loyalty or return uh, eyeballs. The other brands that we have like uh, our creative titles, the gaming titles, they're very established. A lot of people have grown up with them as, as brands. Hmm. Um, and because of that, there's a, a habit to the purchase, but a real emotional connection to it as a product, a print product. And therefore, the audience buys it because it has more meaning than just the content within the pages. And because of that, I think there will always be a really big part of this business which serves our print audience. And do you think print has sort of reached its plateau now where it's not going to get much lower? Yes, I do. I think the, the print audience is going to be fairly stable now um, and in certain areas we're seeing recovery we've been launching some new print titles recently and there's still a lot of growth in the newsstand around kids titles and also we um, <laughs> launched the title last year uh, around adult coloring uh, and it was just a wow. success yeah it did amazing <laughs> um, we had a lot of international licensing clients and it was fantastic for the business and I think it's areas like that where the print print businesses will innovate and find new niches to operate in yeah. that are valuable for us as a business, but also delivering a lot of value to our audience. It, it's uh, yeah, fascinating to hear. I, I think I come across those coloring books. So what other changes have you seen during your career? I mean, you've mentioned quite a few of this change between print and online, but what are the big changes that you've witnessed? The, the changing consumption patterns of consumers has been the most marked thing for me. Having witnessed firsthand that transition from print into digital, and when we talked about digital then we meant desktop, more, more recently having seen the explosion of mobile as a consumption device for media has been fascinating, um, and it's presented a lot of challenges for publishers and advertisers, and opportunities, I should definitely point out, there's been a lot of opportunities too. 
And now we're seeing that migration of people on mobile platforms, uh, on, on mobile devices, onto platforms. So consumption of media through Facebook, through Google AMP, moving into Instagram and Snapchat, those are now presenting the next big challenge to me or the, the next area of uh, interest for publishers and advertisers. And it's what's been the biggest change for me in recent times. So talking about those sort of emerging platforms, you mentioned things like Snapchat or um, some of the other social media platforms. Are, are you saying that you're trying to find a way that as a publisher, you can be involved in that conversation between the, the platform and, and the consumer? Absolutely. Our role is to produce content that our audience wants to read and then we need to work out what's the best way to distribute that to ensure that the audience the the audience can get it in the way that's most convenient to them our audience is clearly telling us they want to consume on mobile devices they want to consume on platforms and therefore it's for us to work with these platforms to ensure that we can do that in a way that's sustainable for both yeah and i think this is probably one of the things we'll come back to as we get more into you know what's coming in the future but the the challenge you mentioned then is well how can you sustain that model where you're giving content away in the formats which i imagine is you know reasonably costly if you have to create it in different formats and put it onto different platforms um the consumer wants it but how do you uh, manage to continue to deliver it in those formats do you almost have like a research and development division that's looking at where the consumer is going and then um, testing out new ideas on them yeah we have an audience development team internally here and that's a big part of their remit to look at uh, what the changing consumption patterns have been of our audience where they're transitioning um, and we a big a big improvement i've seen at future um, since i joined is we've become much better at sharing that insight across the business so that it doesn't matter if you're in editorial, commercial, or products and technology, you're able to get access to that kind of insight and information and therefore plan your strategies for the year ahead with that in mind. Now I'd like to look forward to what's coming up. What are the challenges that you see publishers facing? So for me, the biggest challenge at the moment is keeping up with our audience and meeting their needs in terms of how they want to consume content and making sure that we are reaching them as and when they want to, as and when they want to consume the relevant media, and staying relevant to our audience at the same time. A big, big part of that has been the shifting device usage, and that's been a challenge keeping up. And just as we're getting our head around mobile, in particular, the move now, as I alluded to earlier, about platforms, it presents the next big challenge for me uh, and for Future as an organisation. We're, we're really still trying to get our heads wrapped around what the opportunities and the potential is here whilst addressing some of the challenges it's presented. Now, you, you talk about the consumers here. I've talked to a, a couple of people on the podcast um, before who were dealing with millennials a lot. And they sort of say that the, the young people today have their own channels, they have their own communities, they're creating their own content, which they then distribute. So it, there's a lot of niche players who are all catering for specific interests there, rather than there being one or two brands. And I think probably, you know, when we're growing up, maybe we expected there to be a magazine that defined our generation or our interests, maybe like an NME or something like that. But today there would be a hundred different um, micro niched community websites or even little mini social networks. How do you think your role as a publisher is to serve these millennials with all these niche interests? That's a fantastic question. I think we're really lucky that our content producers internally at Future are a huge part of their audience and therefore they know how the audience wants to be talked to. They know how they want to consume that media 
and therefore they give us so much direction about how we should be producing and how we should be distributing the content and that's the most valuable part because it feels like we're co-creating content and running this business in line with that audience which is just a huge mm. advantage for us as a larger publisher we've got a degree of scale that gives us access to resources so we can produce better quality content and then utilize these different platforms and different distribution mediums to reach a bigger audience or as large an audience as possible and what about some of the other trends which we're seeing coming through from the millennials there's been a, a really big move to things like ad blockers what what are you doing at future to try and develop something which would address those concerns yeah it's, it's a really interesting situation i i understand the concerns around privacy and i think that's reflective of a wider concern around privacy in society in general at the moment and it has translated onto online into the online space and that's understandable because online so much of our culture today there's also a contradiction that when we say that advertising is not specific it seems like spam it's not relevant to me but as we become more protective of our data it becomes more challenging to make advertising targeted and bespoke us as a publisher we're working hard to try and offer more tailored content solutions for these audiences the more we know about them the more we can make that relevant and more targeted and in part the more relevant advertising we're able to provide. Being very honest, we are a business. And part of running a business is we need a monetization model. We don't charge our audience for consuming media online. We monetize through advertising mainly, and increasingly we're trying to diversify our revenue streams. So we do need to think about how the business model might change. But at the same time, I don't think everyone's been fully appreciative of the impact using ad blockers has had on the free-to-consume publishing model how big would you say that impact is could you sort of give us a, a, a bit of a scale of where we are i mean we're a couple of years in now a, a lot of um, headlines about adblock plus and you know facebook taking it on but where do you think we are in that in that growth curve of, of ad blocker usage so i think it's still in the growth phase i think having looked at the numbers the last couple of years it's been borderline exponential and i think that's partly been driven by the media industry i think media loves talking about media yeah We've made a big deal of ad blocking and that's inadvertently encouraged its adoption in certain markets. My audience is older. Our average age is 35, but we do have a lot of millennials. So this isn't a millennial specific issue. It is a online uh, audience issue more generally. We have ad block usage varying between 25 and 60% on some of our portfolios. Wow. So it's been a really significant challenge to the business addressing it and trying to think of how we're going to work with the audience to make the business sustainable going forward if these ad blocking rates continue. Could you give us a, a bit of an indication whether that higher 60% is that, is that in certain categories? Is that in certain audiences that you see that higher level? Yeah, the higher ad blocking usage rates are on our gaming platforms and that's, that's industry-wide. The video games yeah. publishers all experience a very similar kind of ad blocking rate um, and it's the nature of the audience. They are a really tight-knit community who are all based online and therefore they have more exposure to ad blockers and they tend to be early adopters yeah so they, they've been aware of it for a longer time it's part of their community they've talked about it they've shared it to an extent they've seen a benefit from it and therefore they've decided to adopt it en masse but it ties back to the piece about the consequences haven't been fully appreciated appreciated yet now i was having a conversation with somebody the other day about the way in which advertising is sold and I realized that actually the model we have where the publishers have readers and they sell those readers to an advertiser, it's actually the model which comes from print. You know, it's the, the model which you would have been using at Auto, Auto Trader. So do you think that model itself is the problem? We could maybe 
recreate the model. So it's not just publisher and advertiser, but we bring in maybe the consumer um, into this commercial transaction. I, I think it's an option. I, I don't think there's one clear path yet. And a lot of different publishers all around the world have tried different strategies already and nothing's quite working yet. I think that's the stage we're at. It's still about trying different things. There's a piece about the audience may need to change their um, behaviors slightly whilst publishers continue to change and advertisers change their behaviors too. I've seen a lot of publishers try micropayments and it's not had huge adoption yet. And it's there's a real challenge in the sense that if I was to introduce micropayments onto our sites currently en masse, we have many competitors in this space. And so if I put up a wall, the natural consumer behavior would be to go to one of my competitors mm. sites who don't have a paywall. And therefore, it needs to be a unified and joined up approach where the publishing industry en masse agrees that there's a particular way we're going to try and run our business models, or we're all going to have to continue to innovate separately and work out one. And, th and there will be a consensus. At some point, there will be a clear business model that's, that's working better than others, and everyone will move in that direction. And that's what happened with print. Eventually, people struck on a model that worked well. And whilst there was models such as the freemium, most people adopted the paper copy approach. And you talked also about the quality of the data. You were saying that um, you want to be able to create more personalized, customized experiences. I, I think you were talking about advertising, but I think it also applies to the content uh, which you want to be able to give to your audiences. But the, the sort of the downside is that in order to do that, you'd need to get more data from the user. And currently they're not happy with it existing levels of data you're getting so could you just talk a little bit more to how you think you can resolve that in the future yeah we believe that by offering the audience more value is where we'll be able to gain access to more data um, i think there needs to be an agreement between publishers and our audience that we will use their data in a respectful way that they have consented to i think that's a big part of this but we need to demonstrate value as well the data is valuable and therefore we want to be able to give the consumer something back for sharing it with us. It can take different approaches. It might be having areas of the site where there's enhanced content that users need to sign in to get access to, or it, it could be as simple as, as continually having conversations and getting the users to agree to take down, uh, to, to stop using their ad blockers that would give us access to the data again. There's going to be different approaches. We're really lucky as a business in that we have the, print titles we have a, a kind of a loyal audience base we have a lot of subscribers we have our kind of really large online portfolio now and we have a lot of events too so we have lots of different ways of engaging with our audience we talk to them all the time and get feedback and that gives us better insight into who they are what they really want I, ideally and, and when i talked before about offering a more customized approach i was i was initially meaning a more customized content experience really want users to come onto our sites and have a fantastic experience. I want them to see the content that's most relevant to them. Part of our business model is through advertising, and I think it's right that the advertising should be in the same mold of being relevant and contextual. So what are the current challenges that you're facing when you're trying to, to recognize those users coming onto your sites? I mean, you must face the problem which a lot of marketers face of trying to have that single customer view, tracking them across devices, and in your case, across different um, sites as well. Oh, absolutely. Tracking them across devices is a huge challenge. And um, we're trying a couple of different technical solutions to see if we can 
get a, a unified view of the customer, but nothing's working perfectly just yet. And that's partly to do with how quickly technology is innovating. Increasingly, as we publish off-platform as well, as we put articles onstant, onto Facebook Instant Articles, we get less and less information there too. So it's a, it's a real cat and mouse game between as the industry innovates and distribution channels diversify so much, how do we get that single view of the audience is becoming more and more challenging mm -hmm. but at the same time we're generating more and more data and also more interactions so we can start to look at patterns and, and use our uh, internal analysis teams to look at what that might mean could you bring that alive a little bit because you must be generating vast amounts of data um, you mentioned you've got some data analysts there but what are the most important metrics for you when you're looking at this data an awful lot of what we do is still based on the standard metrics that everyone would use about bounce rates and dwell time click-through rates you know average pages per session these are the real lifeblood of the media industry still about how you look at your audience they're particularly relevant because it's still mainly how our agency and client direct buys, want, they want to measure the audience in the same mm -hmm. way. That hasn't fully moved on yet to more advanced metrics. For us as a publisher, we have a increasingly large and really growing very quickly at the moment e-commerce solution on site. That's our own proprietary platform. And it's giving us a lot of insight into consumer buying patterns. And so increasingly, we've now been able to map out a path to purchase for our consumers. So TechGrader, our largest brand, specializes in consumer technology we're increasingly getting really interesting insight into how does a consumer research tech that they want to buy are they looking at a solution first are they looking at the problem first are they looking at brands or specific devices once they then have started to do the research where is that taking them on the site are they just do they just want the rumors and reviews do they want in-depth reviews and how-to's are they looking at videos of how people are interacting with it some of it's more entertainment. Uh, you know, you can go on uh, go on YouTube and watch people putting all sorts of tech devices into blenders. You know, it's a growth area. People are being influenced there one way or another. And then we're able to then track that through to purchase when they use our e-commerce solution. And that gives us a much better picture of what that consumer's purchasing path has been. And that's the data we're, we're using increasingly now to influence our decisions about content production and what were the advertisers about how they can influence users through the journey. That's, that's a great example there of um, where you've been able to open up that new e-commerce channel and then get some really uh, almost qualitative data. Are you looking at things like behavioral data as well? Are you being able to extrapolate from the, the quantitative data and draw a picture of your consumer and their needs? Increasingly, it's not to date been a massive area for us. Um, like you said, we're, we're also a niche publisher and what we specialize in because we have the qualitative information that's helped to shape most of our decisions. But increasingly, we're looking at larger data sets um, and trying to kind of do predictive patterns. And I think in the future, it'll be a much bigger area for us. And what about viewability? There's been a, a lot recently of challenges that um, people have seen with ad fraud, people going on and just basically clicking uh, and you know, not actually being real people. What are you guys doing to address fraud and, and is viewability the solution? Because we're a premium publisher, everything we do comes back to quality. And that's uh, the content we produce, but it's also the ad solutions that we provide. We take that really seriously as a business and we've invested in our ad fraud detection capabilities. We work with third party partners to make sure that we're auditing the ad delivery that's ongoing. And we're, we'd be as open as our advertising partners would like us to be with them to share that information. It's been an area we, we've seen 
pockets of ad fraud um, spring up, but it's not been massively impactful for us as a business, thankfully, to date. Viewability is definitely a big part of it going forward. Viewability by itself is a slightly crude measure. I think it's viewability within context that's more important. The nature of people consuming more media online, and particularly using mobile devices, is that there's almost a limitless supply of ad inventory now online. Mm -hmm. The thing that marketers and brands are finding more important is making sure that it's contextually relevant to the audience they want to talk to. And that's what we provide as a premium publisher. So I'm, I'm happy to use more and more viewability metrics. Um, but I'm confident that what we're doing is just optimizing the ad experience within what's already a premium environment. So just to get a little bit technical, when you're talking about being a, a premium publisher, does that mean you're selling directly to advertisers or are you still selling your uh, the bulk of your inventory through an ad exchange through programmatic? So we, uh, we're a full stack publisher. We, we offer um, client direct as well as programmatic solutions. We've invested recently in our programmatic offering, but that hasn't been to monetize uh, open auction. It's been to work more closely with our agency partners to deliver campaigns through programmatic guaranteed and private marketplace deals. Okay, so you, so you are in the private marketplace space as well. Yes, we are. And we were an early adopter in this space, somewhere where we've been a kind of industry leader. Presumably that's for some of the titles, the, the more premium titles with a very specific audience. Have you seen that the the price, the sort of CPM or equivalent, um, has you been able to keep that at a, at a sustained level, or has that been sort of undermined by what programmatic's been doing? Um, it, it's for the most part stayed where it is for first party direct. First party direct always carries a slight premium. We encourage our advertising partners to buy directly from us by offering additional service levels, about doing post-campaign analysis and additional research and giving them access to some of our own research. And it makes optimization of campaigns more efficient. Mm. But where agencies want to buy programmatic, we're keen to help enable that. But they're still buying the same audience within these premium channels. And therefore, it's important we recognize the value of that. And that's from private marketplaces and particularly programmatic guaranteed has been effective for us and our advertising partners, because it has the efficiencies that programmatic does bring whilst ensuring that it's still a valuable and true audience. I imagine you've got some advertisers there who are buying audiences across all of your titles, almost in the way that they don't really mind where the audience is as long as they're, they're hitting them. But would the challenge there be that they might expect a certain CPM for that audience in programmatic, um, which then undercuts the, the CPM you'd be getting if you were selling direct to them? There, there is an element of that. And, and that's where we try, we offer a more premium CPM because we offer additional levels of service and optimization. And it's about price is always part of the equation, but I think it's the return on investment that's more important to think about where we can offer that extra level of service and context, we're able to charge a higher price, but deliver a higher return. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now, obviously, revenue is a key challenge for, for publishers. And, I, you know, I've spoken to a few people who've been working in the digital space within publishers. They've you know, said that the five years ago, you looked at revenues from online, and they were you know nice upward curve but actually now they're really so struggling to maintain that sort of upward tick but what are the other ways in which publishers and, and future specifically have been looking to drive revenue i know you've i think you've won some awards for some of your innovative new ventures can you talk us through some of the things that future are doing you're right that the uh, 
digital advertising market is challenging um, and some reports have it flat. I think the forecast in the market is really challenging at the moment, particularly uh, with kind of some of the market instability there's been, um, some being up, some being down, and a lot of people just hedging their bet at flat. We've tried to innovate and offer more solutions. So we've been keen that there's a lot of growth in display video advertising to make sure we have video solutions for our clients. Increasingly, we're moving into uh, native advertising and content marketing. We think that's going to be a big growth area for us as a publisher. We're positioned fantastically to um, provide uh, content marketing solutions because we're so close to the audience. We're able to take brand messages and translate them into a really effective campaign at the audience's level. But as a group, as a publishing group, we've diversified. Um, we've had a lot of growth in our event space and that's where we've won awards recently. Um, the photography show is, is our largest event. It's just an amazing, amazing event and it lets us get so close to the audience um, and it's very profitable for us as a business. And recently we've had new launches such as the PC Gaming Weekender where we have taken the audience feedback of we want to be able to get together as a community and, and enjoy our passion together. And we, as a publisher and as a brand, were able to help facilitate that. And it, it was a brilliant launch and really looking forward to year two uh, in, the next, in the next year. The other big area of growth for us has been in e-commerce. Mm -hmm. And again, it's about us looking at what our consumers were doing and why they were using our sites and why they were engaging with us. The net goal of a lot of people on TechRadar was to path to purchase. And so we helped to facilitate that by developing our e-commerce solution. And it's just seen fantastic growth in the last three years. Obviously, Future, you're one of the larger publishers in the space. You, you mentioned before you have a, a sort of team who's able to constantly be looking at consumers and figuring out what, what's coming next. But what do you think the smaller community and, and niche websites, what, what are they going to be able to do to innovate as we start to see some of these challenges come to them as well? I think niche publishers are always going to continue to survive. The big advantage they have is that they know their audiences really, really well and their audiences are emotionally vested in them as a brand. Um, and they're part of the community. They're really pillars of those communities online or offline. I think they're well positioned to be able to introduce subscription or payment solutions. And I think going forward, that may be an answer for small niche titles. Mm -hmm. And where they're not, they'll be able to understand what their audience's needs are and wants and exploit them. So whether it's putting on events, offline activity, or whether it's looking at content marketing, those will be areas they'll be able to support their business model. But I'm confident that because niche publishers are just so close to the audience, they'll be able to survive. Yeah, I mean, the type they do, I think there's 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 definitely challenges, but I, I suppose almost the advantage of being a smaller company is that agile and nimble ability to to find opportunities and jump onto them now, we've talked about a lot of stuff it, it's been great we've really sort of you know got into some of the more technical stuff and we've talked about um the sort of opportunities um that you've been getting involved with just horizon scanning a little bit now what do you think are the two or three big disruptive technologies or trends which are coming up in the next i'm going to say two to three years as a horizon but do you have an inkling of what those are in terms of publishing and advertising yes so for me it's going to continue to be the publishing on other platforms the growth of facebook and google and their dominance now in this space is a massive challenge to the publishing and media industry as a whole and we need to figure out a way for us to work together in a, in a sustainable way um, 
in increasingly with things like Facebook Instant Articles and Google AMP, they are setting the standards of how we can publish and how we can advertise to our audience. We talk, we have we have um, account managers with both those companies and we talk often with them and try to be collaborative as they can, but they're never going to keep every publisher happy and they're never going to keep every advertiser happy. So some people are going to be winners and some people are going to be losers in that space. That's going to present a big challenge and I, I honestly think that will be a challenge for the next two to three years, um, particularly as new platforms evolve. Uh, I mean, Snapchat was nothing a few years ago, and now it's one of the fastest growing platforms out there. And what about things like the Internet of Things or wearable technology? It doesn't have a direct application to publishing, but is that something which you think is going to change the way in which consumers are consuming media? People increasingly now seem to become data-driven decision makers. Their access to data and the amount of data they can use themselves makes a big difference to what they're doing. So. Um, our example is that people know the mobile phone they're going to buy before they go to the shop to actually buy it. Whereas before you might have gone in and spent some time in the store and got some advice, that doesn't exist anymore. People have already made the decision before they've got there. And the beauty of online is they can compare prices and understand what the best product is, what the best price is for them before they make any decision. I think for publishers, we're going to have to find a way to distribute that relevant information to audiences at the point where they need it. Wearable devices are going to present an opportunity to distribute to them at the point they need the information. And there's going to be a lot of different contexts from that, from firing up your Apple Watch whilst you're in store to read the review of something you might be looking at, to getting a quick how-to guide on the move to use your, your equipment. I'm always going to talk about this from a consumer tech perspective because we're so heavily invested in tech radar, but that's where we start to see opportunity. Fantastic. No, great examples there. So just to start to, to kind of wrap things up a little bit now, it would be great to hear some of the exciting developments that Future have got coming up. Are there any projects? I know a lot of them might be top secret, but anything you can share with us about what's coming up that we should look out for? I talked about it a little bit earlier on, but we're really redeveloping our native and content solutions on site we do think that's going to be a big growth area and um, we know there's a lot of marketers moving their spend into that area it definitely shows good returns on investment and it works fantastically well for our audience because it tends to be content to your point earlier about uh, people saying that i don't think this advertising is relevant to me content marketing exceptionally relevant and highly targeted and therefore it works really well for the audience makes them want to be far more involved with that brand messaging works for us as a publisher because it fits in with the look and feel of our site which we specifically designed to suit the needs of the audience so that for us is a fantastic opportunity moving forward and something where um, we've been actively working on for a while now uh, and increasingly the, the growth around e-commerce as we are able to look more and more at consumer purchasing behavior we're able to understand those audiences better and, and suit their needs so we can produce content that's much more relevant to them and useful and genuinely helps to uh, improve people's lives whilst uh, helping our advertising partners to reach those audiences in a more effective way and generate better returns for everyone could you just give a couple of or, or maybe just one example of what that content might look like because i think people listening might be thinking a piece of native advertising might just be a, a small article within the sort of same sort of look and feel as a website that's around a theme which is relevant to an audience yeah it's it's definitely more than that um it, that's what it's been previously but increasingly it's now moving on to co-collaborating 
content production where the brand will brands are able to explain to us what they're trying to communicate to their audience or it might be simply that they're sharing the challenges they see in the market and we're able to create a bigger range of content that tackles that topic and it might be something around um, trying to encourage consumers to look at refurbished tech as an option well we write about technology purchase all the time so it's not it's absolutely our area of expertise to talk about refurbished tech and we can talk about it honestly about what are the opportunities what are the pitfalls what to look out for we're really trying to help our audience make better buying decisions mm-hmm. and therefore the advertiser can be associated with that content or they can sponsor it but we can make sure it's right for our audience and genuinely delivering real value and because we work across lots of different channels we're able to produce that online in print we can run events and workshops or we can put it online as video there's lots of different ways to reach the audience so it can be not just badging on site and also it can be much more targeted to address specific topics so my last question before we i think sadly have to end this uh, this talk um would be for people who are listening to what you've been saying and and actually really excited and inspired to get into the industry into online publishing maybe online advertising as well maybe even the operations side what would you say what are the uh, good paths into that industry where should they be reading uh, and what events should they be going to so there's a lot of um there's a lot of great sites online i can definitely name drop you in here as clicks so it's being a great source for going to get content on things um, thanks very much we struggle for talent in the industry because we compete against ad tech and technology and because we compete against financial services here in london for example we're always looking for new talent to get into the businesses and increasingly we try to make it as easy as possible so we as a publisher definitely run a graduate scheme and we take on interns and provide work experience and I know that most of the agencies do as well and so by reaching out to the companies that you're most interested in I think you'll find opportunities present themselves quite quickly because we're really always looking for great people to come and work in a business. What are the skills that you'd require for somebody wanting to move into the industry? It's a real mix here. We have people that are videographers and people that are developers to salespeople to data analysts. There's a huge spread of everyone needed. It's a all-encompassing organization features just about 600 people now um, but I think the particular areas where there's going to be demand is going to be people that can people that are digitally literate people who know the online space and know platforms and how those users are behaving um, or even just being part of that online community I also think there's a lot of value people that understand data people that can interpret not necessarily do the analysis but can interpret um, what the output might be and take some meaning from it and then apply it in a practical sense to the organization. Yes, sounds great. Well, thanks very much for that advice. I know a lot of our audience will, will have been inspired and, and that's a great uh, way to find out more. And what's the best way for them to to follow you? Do you have a Twitter handle? Uh, yes, I do. It is ZR Sullivan um, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. And those are great ways to kind of contact me if anyone has any other questions. Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's been a great overview. I think we've we've gone over quite a few different areas from the challenges that publishers face to some of the trends which we're seeing the consumers um, are now driving. And we've been looking forward to, to what's coming down the line. So... Zach, thank you so much for everything you've given us today. It's been a real insight to get your your perspective on all those matters. And uh, I'd like to thank you very much. No, thank you, Tim. It's been great speaking to you today. ClickZ, the original digital business intelligence company, founded in 1997, 
provides best practice advice, trends and insight from leading analysts and practitioners to a global community of more than 100,000 digital marketing and e-commerce professionals. We'll be talking to more of our experts over the next few weeks. Until then, keep up to date with ClickSee. Thank you for listening and bye for now.